Welcome to Pulse of the Caribbean, Caribbean News Roundup. Here's a look at some of our Caribbean headlines for today. Jamaica to deport Colombian wanted and Haiti president assassination. British Virgin Islands Freedom of Information Act among new legislation promised for 2022. New ferry terminal in Roseau. Other tourism developments planned for Dominica in 2022. Government of Dominica launches Component 3 of Green Climate Funding Project. U.S. Virgin Islands Research Technology Park's revolving loan fund to support high-impact business ventures in USBI launches January 17th. And Cuba authors connections between Jamaica, Cayman, Bahamas, and Trinidad. These and other stories on today's Pulse of the Caribbean, Caribbean News Roundup for Tuesday, January 4th. We start a report today in Haiti. The St. Kitts Nevis Observer reports through Rodgers that a former Colombian military member implicated in last year's assassination of Haiti President Jovenel Moise was scheduled to be deported from Jamaica to his home country on January 3rd, Jamaica's Attorney General said on Saturday. Mario Antonio Palacios, 43, is accused by Haitian authorities of forming part of the mercenary group that assassinated Moise in July during an assault on his private residence during which his wife was also injured. Palacios was arrested in Jamaica last October and convicted for illegally entering the country from the Dominican Republic. Jamaica's government has issued a deportation order for illegally entering the country, but the island nation has no formal extradition treaty with Haiti, where Palacios is wanted, a local police spokesman said. The information supply did not link him to the assassination and essentially indicated that he was a suspect for attempted armed robbery without any details. Marlene Malahu Forte said in a statement to Reuters. Our attempts to get further information and better particulars from the Haitian government were unsuccessful. Neither Palacios' lawyers nor Haiti government officials immediately responded to requests for comments. BVINews.com reports that, according to Premier Andrew Foy, the new year will see his government introduce some new bills to the House of Assembly in the British Virgin Islands, as well as advance the progress of the new constitutional review. The Premier said residents of the British Virgin Islands can expect the introduction of at least three new bills in Parliament in the new year, as he tries to further improve good governance in the territory. Your government will be bringing forward more bills for discussions, debates, and approval that will further strengthen good governance and cement in the minds of our people in the Virgin Islands that we can continue to police ourselves and manage our own affairs as we have been since our foreparents said no to grant and aid, Foy said. Hence, Expect the following bills, among others, the Human Rights Commission Act, the Freedom of Information Act, and amendments to the Registrar of Interest Act. More will be revealed with the speech from the throne, which will be on the 18th of January 2022, the Premier added. He also said the government will publicize the names of persons that will make up the Constitutional Review Committee shortly. In a statement, Foy also took time to reflect on bills his government passed in 2021, especially the recent Integrity in Public Life Act. It will clearly articulate the standards of conduct of public officers, statutory boards, and elected officials in carrying out their duties. 
further develop and strengthen systems of accountability, ensuring the adherence to public policy, and establish an integrity commission that would assist in achieving the government's objectives to promote good governance, enhance ethical conduct of public officers, and strengthen the prevention and detection of potential corrupt acts by persons in public life, the premier added. The Integrity Commission will be formed and made functional by the end of its first quarter in 2022. The public will be further brief on this as well as other information during the speech from the throne. The speech will be compiled and written by the premier and his ministers and will be delivered by Governor John Rankin. The speech will highlight the projections of the government's legislative agenda. Dominica News Online reports that the start of construction on a new ferry terminal in Roseau and other major developments in tourism sector are among the government's plan for 2022. Denise Charles, Minister of Tourism, International Transportation and Maritime Initiatives, revealed on Prime Minister Roosevelt Skerritt's Anupale program that the new terminal is to allow for the berthing of bigger ships and to keep up with the worldwide advantage advances made in the cruise industry. On the show on Sunday night, Charles highlighted the importance of the industry to Dominica, as many livelihoods are dependent on cruise tourism, stating that in the Dominica Labor Party, Dynamic Dominica Manifesto, a commitment was made to the people of Dominica to renovate its cruise and cargo ports. She noted that thus far, the resumption of the cruise visit has gone very well since July of 2021. We are currently reviewing a memorandum of understanding with a particular developer and exploring our options so we can definitely deliver on that promise to the people of Dominica. Also included in that plan is to build a new ferry terminal in Roseau, which will include shops to feature locally produced products, Charles added. The tourism minister stated that decisions are going well on the expansion of the cruise ports and plans are being made to expand the pier in Roseau and different financing models for the expansion of the cruise port at Woodbridge Bay are being looked at. She believes these are key infrastructure projects for tourism and trade. Charles further reported that the commencement of American Airlines flights into Dominica has already made a significant impact on airlift to Dominica by bringing in more passengers. Daily flights are set to begin this year. According to Charles, seat capacity increased by 532 in December. By January 1, 2022, it had increased about 2,800, and from April 2022, it will increase to 23,636. Charles said the commencement in 2020 of daily flights, notwithstanding work to increase air access to Dominica, will continue. I think that the real crowning of the cake will be the construction of our international airport, which will allow us to receive flights from London, Dubai, China, and really resolve all of our air access issues. We have to continue to push and promote the destination as the best place to visit in and bringing more influencers and promoting our destination for romance, aqua, and health and wellness. 
The minister encouraged entrepreneurs, small business owners, and anyone in the private sector to take advantage of these opportunities that these advances have created. She added that the hotel sector currently holds 652 rooms, and with the commencement of building different resorts and projects on island, it will be increased to 1,100 room capacity. Dominica News Online also reports that the Ministry of Environment, Rural Modernization, and Kalinago Upliftment launched Component 3 of the Green Climate Fund Enhancement Direct Access Project with a call for proposals for community and adaptation projects. The call for proposals is under Output 3. Community resilience to climate impact is enhanced through tangible adaptation benefits, which will be implemented in collaboration with the Global Environment Facility Small Grants Program. The GCF EDA project is being implemented by the Eastern Caribbean countries of Antigua and Barbuda, Grenada and Dominica. Projects promoting resilience to droughts, floods and hurricanes will be funded up to $250,000 and small preparation grants of maximum of $5,000 will be granted to successful applicants to develop a full proposal. The grant targets the strengthening of existing communal and public building structures and could include activities related to water management use and efficiency, water efficient applications, climate smart building, sustainable building practices, and facilities for extreme climatic events and flood control and structural adjustments that increase climate change resilience, such as roof reinforcement and strengthening of windows and doors. Application forms can can be obtained from the Global Environment Facility Small Grants Program. The deadline for applications is February 23, 2022. The Virgin Islands Consortium reports that the launch of the Virgin Islands Catalyst Fund designed to support business growth, job creation, and incentive complementary economic development in the U.S. Virgin Islands was announced by the University of the Virgin Islands Research and Technology Park. According to the release, the fund, which will officially launch on Monday, January 17th, with an initial capitalization of $5 million, will be administered by the Research and Technology Park Corporation. It was conceived by the RTR Park team and created through Act 8464, which was approved by the 34th Legislature of the Virgin Islands in August 2021 and signed into law by the Honorable Governor Albert Bryan. Because the fund is intended to be used primarily as a form of gap financing in combination with other sources of capital, the Loan Review Committee will expect applicants to seek a catalyst fund loan once they have identified core financing from other entities, the release stated. The Catalyst Fund Loan Review Committee will approve loans up to $1.5 million to businesses, both existing local enterprises and new to market firms that are eligible based upon a completed loan application and underwriting analysis. Special emphasis on businesses and projects related to growth industries and sectors, especially IT telecommunications, healthcare life sciences, sustainable development, energy services, financial services, and fintech financial technology, business process outsourcing, centers of excellence, sustainable agriculture, 
agriculture, advanced manufacturing, as well as the visitor economy and creative economies. Executive Director and CEO of the RT Park, Peter H. Chapman, stated that the fund will be an important contribution to expanding the diverse set of financing options in the territory for high-impact economic projects that will help build a more resilient and sustainable economy. The fund's chief financial officer, Ronnie N. Johnson, is excited about the rollout of the fund and the positive impact that it will have on the economy and wants to ensure the community that all processes involved in the approval and financing of proposed projects will be done in accordance with economic and community development lending best practices. All loans made via the fund will be thoroughly underwritten by experienced financial service professionals and secured with collateral and or grantors, Johnson said. Funds may be used for acquisition and leasing of land and buildings, the construction, renovation, rehabilitation, and expansion of buildings or other facilities. The purchase of equipment, furniture, and fixtures that are necessary for operations of the business and or operating capital. However, to meet basics eligibility to apply for funding, a business must satisfy the following. Is an existing or new-to-market enterprise located in the Virgin Islands? Has a Virgin Islands business license? Has been operating for more than 18 months or has been admitted to the RT Park or Virgin Islands Economic Development Commission? Tax exemption program. Is in good standing with the Virgin Islands Bureau of Internal Revenue or has entered payment plan approved by the Virgin Islands Bureau of Internal Revenue and demonstrates that the project meets federal guidelines if federal funds are used by the fund as a source of capital, as is anticipated. To learn more about a Catalyst Fund, visit vicatalystfund.com. Sinkett's Nevis Observer reports that Air Canada has announced it will be suspending its service to the Caribbean and Mexico for a 90-day period from January 31st. The decision designed to achieve an orderly reduction in service and minimize customer impact was taken in collaboration with the Government of Canada, the airline said in a brief statement. The move comes weeks after the Canadian government advised residents and nationals to refrain from traveling internationally due to the presence of the highly infectious Omicron variant of coronavirus in many countries. Canada itself is currently dealing with a surge in new COVID-19 infections. In late December 2021, the country crossed 2 million total infections. Passengers who are affected by cancellations will receive an Air Canada travel voucher or aeroplan. Cayman Loop News reports, according to Directorio Cubano, Cuba is offering connections between Cuba and the Cayman Islands, Jamaica, Bahamas, and Trinidad this month. Based on the publications, Bahama Air will fly every Monday and Friday between Nassau and Havana. It will also fly every Wednesday and Sunday between Nassau and Hulgen, Cuba. Then every Saturday, Jamaicans can fly between Havana and Kingston on intercourse. Caribbean. In addition, the report said that every Monday, Wednesday, Friday, Saturday, and Sunday, Inter-Caribbean will fly between Kingston and Santiago de Cuba. 
Also every Tuesday, Caribbean Airlines will fly between Havana and Port of Spain, Trinidad. While Cayman Islands is mentioned last in the publication, it said that flights between Havana and Grand Cayman will be every Friday and Sunday. It takes about 45 minutes to one hour to get to Cuba from Grand Cayman. This is a welcome announcement for Caribbean people traveling within the region as they can use these routes as alternative hubs rather than going through the United States to get to their other favorite Caribbean destinations. Notwithstanding the options, travelers should double-check current COVID-19 landing requirements upon booking and prior to departure to avoid unexpected issues. Barbados Today reports that Jamaica's four-man bobsled team ended 2021 on a high after securing a medal at the North American Cup in Lake Placid, New York. The team consisting of Shan Wayne Stevens, Ashley Watson, Rolando Reed, and Matthew Weckby got a time of 152.87 to finish seventh overall in the four-man bobsled on December 20th. Stevens and Watson also teamed up to finish seventh overall in the two-man bobsled with a time of 155.7 on December 15. Watson, who is also completing his master's degree in physiotherapy, reacted to the achievement on his Instagram page. Great way to end our last race of the year with my first ever medal in bobsled. It's been a long, hard, emotional first half of the season. It has been worth the three-plus months graph to have an opportunity to reach the Olympic Games, he said. Watson also expressed gratitude to the support staff for the team. He said the team will take some time to rest before resuming the season. Now to go home for a short period to rest before the second half of the season and hopefully the Olympics, Watson said. And finally... MySanAntonio.com reports that the San Antonio Zoo recently released Puerto Rican crest toad tadpoles into their native habitat after conservation efforts to help revitalize the endangered species. At one time, the species was believed to be extinct. However, one fluctuation population persists in the Guanica National Forest in the southern portion of the main island. Anywhere from 1,000 to 3,000 adult toads exist today. The biggest threat to their survival are habitat loss and invasive species, according to the United States Fish and Wildlife. We are also proud to be a part of the successful recovery of the critically endangered Puerto Rican crest toad, said Alan Cordon, vice president of animal care and horticulture for San Antonio Zoo. The Puerto Rican crest toad is a particularly intriguing species and one that has been challenging to track in the wild due to their nocturnal nature and limited numbers. Their most notable feature is a long upturned snout with a crest above the eyes. The San Antonio Zoo has released 16,308 tadpoles back into their native Puerto Rico since 2010 as a part of a partnership between the Conservancy and the Association of Zoos and Aquariums. The most recent group of tadpoles officially reached Puerto Rico on October 21, 2021. The tadpoles were released on the south part of Puerto Rico's main island. 
This has been your Pulse of the Caribbean, Caribbean News Roundup for Tuesday, January 4th. I'm Keisha Wallace, thanking you once again for choosing Pulse of the Caribbean, Caribbean News Roundup as your source for Caribbean-centered news right here Monday through Friday. Be sure to spread the word to family, friends, and associates as we look forward to sharing news of the Caribbean region in 2022 and beyond. As always, for more Caribbean news stories and information, visit us online at Pulse of the Caribbean. And be sure to like and follow us on Facebook, now Meta.